Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, sweet one. I've had many people ask me if I could whisper my story instead. And so, I'm going to try that. Please let me know what you think by visiting my Facebook page, Inspire and Tire leaving me a message. And so, because I'm doing things differently, I wanted to tell a story about being unique, about doing something different, and yielding great results. And the story is called, What Stumped the Blue Jays by Mark Twain. And by the way, Mark Twain is one of these Blue Jays. See, There's no bird 
or cow or anything that uses as good grammar as a blue jay. You may say a cat uses good grammar and well, a cat does. But you let a cat get excited once. You let a cat get to pulling fur with another cat on a shed nights and you will hear grammar that will give you lockjaw. Ignorant people think it's a noise which fighting cats make that is so aggravating. But it ain't so. It's a sickening grammar that they use. Now, I've never heard a jay use bad grammar, but very seldom, and when they do, they are as ashamed as a human. They shut right down, and they leave. You may call a jay a bird, and well, so he is in a measure, because he's got feathers on him, and don't belong to no church, perhaps. But otherwise, he's just as much a human as you be. And I'll tell you for why. A jay's gifts and instincts and feelings and interest cover the whole ground. A jay hasn't got any more principle than a congressman. A jay will lie. A jay will steal. A jay will deceive. A jay will betray. And four times out of five, a jay will go back on his solvest of promises. The sacredness of an obligation is a thing which you can't cram into no blue jay's head. Now on top of all this, there's another thing. A jay cannot swear any human in the mind. You think a cat can swear? Well, a cat can, but you give a blue jay a subject that calls for his reserve powers, and where is your cat? Don't talk to me, I know too much about this thing. And there's yet... Another thing, and the one little particular scolding, just clean, good, out-and-out scolding. A blue jay can lay over anything human or divine. Yes, sir, a jay is everything that a man is. A jay can cry. A jay can laugh. A jay can feel shame. A jay can reason and plan and discuss. A jay likes gossip and scandal. A jay can cry, a jay can laugh, a jay can feel shame. A jay has a god, a sense of humor. A jay knows when he is an ass just as well as you do. Maybe better. If a jay ain't human, he better take it as sign, that's all. Now I'm going to tell you a perfectly true fact about some blue jays. When I first begun to understand jay language correctly, there was a little incident Seven years ago, the last man in this region but me moved away. There's Dance's house, been empty ever since. A log house with a blank roof. Just one big room and no more. No ceiling, nothing between the rafters and the floor. Well, one Sunday morning, I was sitting out here in front of my cabin with my cat, taking the sun and looking at the blue hills and listening to the leaves rustling so lonely in the trees at home way yonder in the States that I hadn't heard from in 13 years. When a blue jay lit on that house with an acorn in his mouth and says, Hello, I reckon I've struck something. When he spoke, the acorn dropped out of his mouth and rolled down the roof. Of 
voice, but he didn't care. His mind was all on the thing that he had struck. It was the knot hole in the roof, and he cocked his head to one side and shut one eye and put the other one to the hole, like a possum looking down a jug. And then he glanced up with his bright eyes and gave a wink or two with his wings, which signifies gratification, you understand, and says, It looks like a hole. It's located like a hole. Blamed if I don't believe it's a hole. And then he cocked his head down and took another look. And he glances up peacefully, joyful this time, and winked his wings and his tail both and says, Oh no, this ain't no bad thing, I reckon. If I ain't in luck, why it's a perfectly elegant hole. And so he flew down and got that acorn and fetched it up and dropped it in and was just tilting his head back the heavy list of smiles on his face, when all of a sudden he was paralyzed into a listening attitude, that smile faded gradually, and the queerest look of surprise took its place. Why, I didn't hear it fall. He cocked his eye at the hole again, and took a long look, raised up, and shook his head, stepped around to the other side of the hole, and took another look from that side, and shook his head again. He studied a while, and then he just went into the details, walked round and round the hole, and spied into it from every point of the compass. No use. Now he took a thinking attitude on the comb of the roof and stretched, and scratched the back of his head. Well, it's too many for me, that's certain. Must be a mighty long hole. However, I ain't got no time to fool around here. I got to tend to my business. I reckon it's all right. Chance it away. And so he flew off and fetched another acorn and dropped it in. Confounded. I don't seem to understand this thing. No way. However, I'll tackle her again. And he fetched another acorn and done his very best to see what became of it. Well, I never struck no such hole as this before. I'm of the opinion it's a totally new kind of hole. And then he began to get mad. He held in for a spell, walking up and down the comb of the roof and shaking his head. Well, you're a long hole and a deep hole and a mighty singular hole altogether. But I've started in to fill you, and I'm damned if I don't fill you if it takes one hundred years. And with that, away he went. You'd never see a bird work so since you were born. Away he hove acorns into that hole for about two hours and a half, with one of the most exciting astonishing spectacles I've ever struck. He never stopped to take a look anymore. He just put them in and went for more. Now I guess I've got the bulge on you this time, and so he bent down for a look. I've shoveled acorns enough in here to keep the family thirty years, and if I could see a sign of them, I wish I'd be landed in a museum with a belly full of sawdust in two minutes. He had just the strength enough to crawl up onto the comb and lean his back again collect his impressions and began to free his mind. I see in a second that what I mistook for profanity in the mines was only just the rudiments, as you say. Another jay was going by and heard him doing his devotions and stopped to inquire what was up. Now yonder's a hole, and if you don't believe me, go and look for yourself. And so the fellow went and looked and said, How many did you say you put in there? Not any less than two tons of the sufferer. The 
other jay went and looked again. He couldn't seem to make it out, and so he raised a yell, and three more jays came. They all examined the hole, and they all made the supper tell it over again, and then they all discussed it, and got off as many leather-headed opinions about it as an average crowd of humans could have done. They called it more jays, and then more, and more, till pretty soon this whole region bared to have a blue flush about it. There must have been five thousand of them, and such another drawing and disputing and ripping and cussing that you have ever heard. Every jay in the whole lot put his eye to the hole and delivered a more chuckle-headed opinion about the mystery than the jay that went before him. They examined the house all over too. The door was standing half open, and at last one old jay happened to go and light on it and look in. Of course I knocked the mystery galley west in a second. There lay the acorns, scattered all over the floor. He flopped his wings and raised a whoop. Kamiri said, Come here, everybody. Hanged into this full head been trying to fill up a house with acorns. They all came a swooping down like a jay cloud, and each fellow lit on the door and took a glance. The whole absurdity of the contract that the first jay had tackled hit him home and he fell over backwards, suffocating with laughter. And the next day, Jay took his place and done the same. Well, sir, they roosted around here on the housetop, and the trees for an hour, and they laughed like human beings. It ain't any use to tell me a blue jay hasn't got a sense of humor, because I know better. And memory, too. They brought Jays here from all over the United States to look down that hole every summer for three years. Other birds, too. And they could all see the point, except for an owl that came from Nova Scotia to visit the Yosemite, and he took this thing in on his way back. He said he couldn't see anything funny in it. But then he was a great deal disappointed about Yosemite, too. And so, sweet one, do you know which one was Mark Twain? He was the one who did things differently and found out that the acorns were all on the floor. And so remember, just because everyone is doing something one way, it doesn't mean it's the only way, nor does it mean it's the right way.